We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Hey, yo, what's up, everybody? It's me, Joe Pizapia, and this is the Florida Wired DFS podcast sponsored by FanDuel. I am your host. It's week 16, season-long championship week, but every week in DFS is championship week. Who knows what might happen? New wrinkles coming at the end of the year with Superflex over on FanDuel. Lots of fun happening. Lots of returns going on, but there's only one return I care about. It's not Ezekiel Elliott. It's John McKechnie because it's Friday. John, how the hell are you, my friend? I'm doing great, man. I am, uh, I'm officially back home in Maryland for, for the holidays, so I'm very excited to be here, but uh, more so I'm, I'm pumped to uh, bang out this podcast. Hell to the yeah. All right, let's, let's start a little bit with the Superflex and just kind of touch on that a little bit just from a little bit of strategy standpoint. Um, you know, again, I'm going to reiterate this. If you're going to play in these leagues, make sure that you get the two quarterbacks in the Superflex one. You want a quarterback. Don't screw around. Don't try to get fancy. Stop this screwing week, around. Well, well, I mean, here's the thing. It, it, you know, this week with the big running backs on tap and the matchups, you could get away with it. I think it's fine. But because there's no big wide receivers to be up for, too, I don't know. I just feel like you take the points you can get out of some of these QBs, like the Bortles, like the Prescotts, who are both 8,300, and you can go up and get Kamara and Hunt or Kamara and Elliott or whatever you want to do. There's plenty of space there. And in terms of guys that I like in the regular flex spot, um, you know, I think it's guys like Gallman who've been, you know, doing a little bit more lately, whose price is cheap, who's, you know, I mean, accumulating for 4,800, a fair amount of, you know, yardage of both rushing and receiving. Uh, would you play around with a guy like Elijah Penny, who is, you know, super cheap, who looks like the last man standing in that backfield in Arizona? Um, I, I think that he, he is kind of interesting and, you know, going to, you know, we're, we're talking about the same game here where, where Gallman uh, is going to be going against the, the Cardinals front. And personally, I, th- I find the Cardinals run defense to be a little bit more stout than what the Giants present. Mm-hmm. So with that sort of last man standing uh, type of feel for, uh, for Elijah Penny, 
Um, kind of an interesting running back coming out of college, small school guy. Um, I think that, you know, I probably prefer him slightly over a Gallman. I, I, I just I have a hard time trusting Gallman, and I think that Arizona's defense is tough enough uh, to where I probably give the lean to Penny if we're going like these min price guys. There's also guys like Capri Bibbs at 5K. That's another guy in there who look uh, to me. If you're looking at at Superflex there, excuse me, in the regular flex spot, you're looking for low cost volume. And I think all three guys, you know, we could debate, you know, matchups and things like that. All three of those guys should be in play. Um, you could choose whatever one you think is the best one, but what you should be trying to target is volume for cost. And that way you can spend up at the rest of the spots for high end volume that you can count on, whether it be in tournaments or cash games alike, that's what you're going to need, especially because the volatility of having that second quarterback. So now that that's out of the way, let's go over to our regular slate here. Top of the board, Russell Wilson at Dallas after a crushing, crushing loss. You got Tom Brady at home against New England. Breeze at 8,400 against Atlanta, which I know on paper maybe last year we'd be excited about that matchup, but I don't know. I'm, I'm just not excited about Breeze or Ryan anymore in this game. Uh, and he continued to go down. You got Cam Newton. You got Phillip Rivers. Those are your 8K and up quarterbacks. Rivers, of course, against the Jets. In your mind, any quarterbacks worth paying up for this week in that range, even in cash games? Um, I, I love Cam Newton this week. I think that he there's a case to be made that he's quarterback one for this week. Uh, going against a Tampa Bay defense that's 29th against the pass in DVOA. I know that uh, they didn't get lit up necessarily against Matt Ryan this past week, but um, I think Cam Newton's kind of on that tear right now. And uh, I, I just think that he, you know, for, for 700 less than, than Wilson with, with a slightly tougher matchup going against Dallas, not a whole lot tougher. Um, but I think Newton, and now that he's got uh, Greg Olson kind of back to back in the fold there, uh, there's a more diverse offense uh, with more options for him. So I, I like Newton a ton this week. I think I'm going to try to get him in most of my lineups. <laughs> and Newton's been running the ball too, which has been yep. really a success too. Alex Smith at 7,800, the next guy to target here. Uh, you know, look a little bit more consistency out of him, you know, still, I think on the borderline, especially when you consider if you continue to go down Blake Bortles has played out of his mind at 76. I know it's chalky. I know people are going to be on it, but look, 49ers are still the 49ers. And the last four weeks, you're talking about 23, 25, 18 and 25 from Blake Bortles. So, uh, sign me up. I, I don't care. 7,600. You can pour chalk on me like snow for the holidays give me Blake Bortles how about you are you finally buying into old Blakey boy uh, you know it, buying in you know if we define it for this week then hell yeah um you know moving forward like if I'm a Jags fan do I want them to sign him to a like, super long deal Eh, you know still I think the jury's still out there but for, for right now it's under it's undeniable how well he's played in December and, and going against a 49ers team that is playing better as a whole um, it's still a bad defense, so I think Bortles is in a really awesome spot this week. So, yeah, if you want to if you want to check down on your price for your quarterback a little bit, I think Bortles is the smart way to play. I think it's good chalk, like you said. If Blake Bortles wins a playoff game, is there any way they can replace him a quarterback next year? <sighs> yeah, they're they're just gonna are they gonna have to just kind of like Kirk Cousins him or something? I, I really don't know what he's turning what, into Kirk Cousins two I just want you to know that. It's it's bizarre. It's it's been he's just he's basically just going to end up holding the Jags front office hostage because there's no way he's actually this good. <laughs> All right, let's talk about Dak Prescott at 76. He's got Ezekiel Elliott back. He's got a good matchup. Uh, you know, just to remind and refresh everybody, I'm going to rattle off some numbers for you. This is with Ezekiel Elliott over the first six weeks or so. 17, 17, 22, 23, 30, 29. See a pattern there? 
Ezekiel Elliott makes Dak Prescott a happy boy and a better, more productive fantasy quarterback. I kind of think he's in play. This Seattle defense, I think it's imploded on itself. I think this team is imploding on itself. They were on a good run there, but there's only so much Russell Wilson can do as a one-man show. I don't know, man. I, I just I see Seattle going into Dallas and this potentially being kind of a wacky, high-scoring game where it, you know I think Prescott will be the beneficiary of some points here, even with uh, Ezekiel Elliott back in the fold. Like I think that the interesting part with, with Prescott here this week is that the the ownership should be pretty low. I think when you when you know your standard owner is taking a look at this board and they see Jared Goff and Blake Bortles right in the same price range, they're, they're probably going to kind of overlook Prescott. But like you said, Prescott, you know, with Zeke back in the fold, te- tends to have an easier time. Uh, so I think this sets up really well. And then to your point, uh, the Legion of Boom, I think, it is kind of retired. At, you know, as being something to be worried about. Uh, from a fantasy aspect, uh, I mean, Jared Goff just completely ruined them last week in Seattle. So I'm not worried about that matchup. And I think that the Ezekiel Elliott uh, addition uh, certainly helps. And I think the ownership percentage is going to be under 15% in most tournaments. So I do like Prescott a fair bit too. All right. I want to talk about the Cardinals for a second and Drew Stanton. He's $6,000. I mean, that is certainly a, a, a price that you can get behind. I understand it's Drew Stanton, Blaine Gabber, too many uh, turnovers, unfortunately, and Stanton is at home matchup against the awful New York Giants. Nick Foles just completely tore the manure in last week, so I don't see why Stanton can't return two to three times value. In the two starts he's had this year, he's put up 15 points in both of them. Are they inspiring performances? No, not necessarily, but if anyone can inspire fantasy points, it's the Giants' defense. So for me, I'm buying in in Stanton as a viable quarterback this week in tournaments. How about you? that's uh that's pretty wild but i definitely see your logic there and it's uh you know since he's been playing it's it's gone pretty well for him so uh i think there is a little bit of intrigue here and uh you know if you if this is you if you're on like your 30 or fourth lineup or your 30 or fourth bourbon whichever it is I think, <laughs> I think usually they go hand in hand johnny boy <laughs> exactly yeah it's like all right i'm feeling a little froggy now i can get in on some stanton so that, that's sort of the way i'm viewing it but yeah if you, if you really feel confident in what you can load up on skill position wise and you need to punt at quarterback a little bit then uh, i think that that's definitely an interesting way of going about it all right, you know, those are pretty much the guys I'm looking at this week because I don't see the point in paying up for a Brady or a Wilson. Wilson's way too expensive for my taste. I can understand the Phillip Rivers intrigue, you know, kind of maybe, you know, you get a little bit of a bounce back game there. Maybe the ownership's down because he never plays well in Kansas City. So that's one of those guys like Brady in Miami. Mm-hmm. I could see a little bit of love there and a bounce back for Phillip Rivers against the lowly Jets team that's also folding up the tents now ever since the McCown injury. Um, I think that's the other one. Is there anybody else? I know you mentioned Newton before. Anybody else popped to you worth discussing? Because to me, I think that's it. As, as far as the main slate goes, I, I think that that's it as well. You know, if, if you're playing like a, a full weekend slate where Saturday's involved, I think Flacco's a little bit interesting going against Indianapolis. Um, and I'm sure that he's pretty cheap as well. But I think, you know, in terms of just the, the standard Sunday slate, uh, that I think we've pretty much gone through the quarterbacks that I'd like to. All right, let's go over to running back and look, get your wallets out, kids. Okay, this is the week to pay up for running back. A couple weeks ago, John and I were talking about paying up for that DeAndre Hopkins performance, and that was 30 points and paying up for all those guys. Well, guess what? It's time to switch gears. It's time for running back because you got Gurley at 91 against Tennessee. You got McCoy, who's, again, probably the only offensive piece left at 86 for Buffalo. Kamara against uh, a defense in Atlanta that 
all year. It's just terrible against guys like Kamara. Any sort of running back out of the backfield slash slot type wide receiver guy just crushes and eats them alive. You got Melvin Gordon against the Jets. You got Hunt against uh, Miami, and he's at home. Mark Ingram as well in play. Ezekiel Elliott on the rebound. John, I just want them all. It's like some sort of weird Pokemon thing, and I can't get them all in my lineup, but I want to collect them all. <laughs> I mean, this is, yeah, this is an absurd running back board. Hashtag just, Pokemon running backs. <laughs> you, I mean, you, we got to catch them all here. So, I mean, Gurley uh, going against Tennessee, 91-100 is really, really interesting. <laughs> I is this one of those weeks where you could go both the New Orleans running backs? Or do you think you might give that a shot? I think you can go both New Orleans. I think right now the trend is so strong for Kareem Hunt with the 20-plus uh, carries back-to-back against Miami here this week at home again. I think, to me, my favorite pairing is Kamara and Hunt because I'm going to get a couple extra points in the half-point PPR from the receptions they're going to get, and that could make up a little bit of a difference You know, if they only have a one-touchdown game. Uh, Gurley is just a little bit on the, you know, 91's a lot. I mean, he's great, but it's a lot. So for me, I think Kamara and Hunt is my sweet spot. And if I wanted to trip down the ladder a little bit and go with a little bit more, maybe touchdown upside, I would go, uh, Ingram and Elliott back to back at 83 a piece. I think you can do that as well, very responsibly, uh, and get a lot of other good pieces. Now it might take you going down and quarterback to a Drew Stanton to do this, but I'm willing to do that because, I just feel like it's going to be a running back heavy week the way things are shaking out with these matchups. Oh, yeah, big time. And I think, you know, also, if you want to move down a little bit, if you wanted to go one of these expensive guys and then checking down into the 7,000s, I think even with Tevin Coleman coming back, I really like the way that Devontae Freeman's been running lately. So 7,000 for him against New Orleans and, you know, what's going to be a high-tempo game. Uh, And if there's a weakness to the New Orleans defense, it is on the ground. So I think Freeman – uh, might be a little bit overlooked, but it is going to be hard to turn away from a Deion Lewis at 6,700 as yeah. well with Rex Burkhead likely out. No, definitely. And I wouldn't be shocked if James White got him involved in that too. Now, I'm not screwing around with Mike Gillisley because I'm sure the Mike Gillisley line will be something like four carries and a touchdown in 12 yards or something ridiculous like that. Mike but... Gillisley's not even screwing around with Mike <laughs> Well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Leonard Fournette is a pivot if you're doing multiple lineups and you want to change it up a little bit. At 81, people are going to be down on him off the injury. He's got San Francisco at 81. He's a good return to Kenyon Drake, another guy, 71. If you want to go both ends of that game with Kenyon Drake and Kareem Hunt, I don't think that's stupid either. I mean, at this point, you have to look at what Kenyon Drake has done in the 11 targets he got last week out of the passing game. My goodness, that is that's a huge boost. I mean, this is a guy, he's averaging 21 points in the last three weeks that is a good trend for Kenyon Drake if you're trying to save a little bit. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And then I, I, I don't see any reason why it, why it necessarily slows down much uh, this week. I mean, maybe you're not banking 20, but I think at least 18 points here uh, is in play. I think Drake, Drake just like the sort of uh, market share that he has and the fact that there's really no one else in that backfield uh, really sets up well for his opportunity. And then I think that also to, just to Kenyon Drake's credit, uh, he's really made the most of his opportunities. He's, he's showing to, to be a guy that should be a fixture of that offense moving forward next year too. And the trouble is too, once you get out of this like top tier, some weeks there are spots where you know there are a lot of guys in the middle worth looking at. But unfortunately, it's not. Unfortunately, right now, the middle is so shot in the dark. I mean, maybe you get a touchdown out of a Jonathan Stewart. 
Uh, I keep telling people, stop trying to make Bilal Powell happen. It's not going to happen. I mean, all, all these things like that, they're just not useful entities. They're not a good enough, or should I say a high enough floor, nor is the matchup worth it until you get down to that Capri Bibbs type grouping on some of the guys we talked about earlier. And you know what? That's more of a tournament thing. And it's more of a, honestly, a flex league thing. I like those guys as flexes. I don't like them this week as RB2s. Some weeks you can get away with it. I just don't think when you look at the landscape of wide receiver here with no DeAndre Hopkins in the main slate, uh, with no Antonio Brown in the main slate, there's not a lot of wide receivers worth paying up for, especially when you consider the matchups of Julio, again, with the ankle issue. When you talk about you know, Michael Thomas being just kind of good but not great all year. I just don't see it. To me, it's give me the elite 8K running back and up. Yeah, I think that that's definitely the way it should be approached this week. And I think you bring up a great point with, with how uh, the slates are kind of setting up this week uh, where the, the top uh, receiver options on a given week just kind of aren't available here on the main slate, be it through injury or just the way it's set up. Uh, so, yeah, this, this uh, you know, Main theme for today is pay off for your running backs. All right, let's go over to wide receiver and chat. I mentioned just now Julio at 8,500 dealing with the ankle injury. Questionable. My guess is he'll play. Keenan Allen, you know, there's another guy too. Great run and then, you know, ran into a buzzsaw with Kansas City because, you know, of Rivers with all the picks. But I would not be shocked if he got back on the horse in a big way. I expect a double-digit day out of him. So I don't know if I want to pay 8,300 for it. Same with Thomas. Uh, looking down there, I think Larry Fitzgerald might be a sneaky play with Stanton this week. I'm, I don't love it, but I think there's at least some opportunity there because it is the Giants. And then we get down to Tyreek Hill and Doug Baldwin. Now, I think Baldwin's a guy that is in play this week. Uh, I think that defense is not you know, what it used to be over with Seattle. I think uh, you know, them going on the road is going to, you know, I think, keep them behind a little bit. I think Will, uh, Russell Wilson's going to take some shots. And I think Doug Baldwin's going to have to be a big part of that offense this week if they have any chance. Yeah, I, I like that call too. And, and you know, you, you're just kind of considering who else is around. Um, uh, yeah, Baldwin, obviously, uh, the top receiving option. And, and like you said, uh, there, there's really no run game to speak of for Seattle. So they, and, and they're going to be on the road. So imagine they might be trailing here. Um, so things set up well for Baldwin. Um, one guy that, that I forgot to mention uh, when we were talking about the quarterbacks, but I think it, it sets up well um, as far as the receivers too, is, is Marvin Jones. Um, and it, not even like the revenge game angle here. It's just, I, I don't think that Cincinnati uh, really even feels like getting up to play this game. I think Detroit has something to play for. Um, so I think this sets up well uh, for Marvin Jones to, to uh, excel, uh, especially, you know, when you also consider uh, 7,200 or Robbie Anderson going against a really tough Chargers secondary. So if, you, if you're looking at guys in this tier, I like Jones a lot. Yeah, I agree. Jones and Hill, to me, you know, Baldwin, that's the sweet spot, those three guys. And after that, you know, Bryant, I, I just don't trust him anymore. Cooks is okay. He's fine, but I just, you know, it's the Patriots. You just never know how that game's going to go or how the flow is going to go of a Patriot game. So it's always a tricky one there. Josh Gordon has been good, but I think Kaiser's just going to kill whatever value he's got. And Chicago's a much better defense people give him credit for. All right, let's talk about Mike Evans here for a second. Yes. You know, we got to a point here now Mike Evans is down to 7K. Is this where we start buying in on Mike Evans at this price? Is this the price to start buying? I think so. And, and you know, if, if you watched uh, last week or, or you've been following the injury reports uh, this week as well, it seems like Tampa Bay is kind of running out of bodies in, in terms of uh, 
in terms of its receiving options. So it, it always should have been Evans seeing a, a crap ton of targets, but now I think just by necessity, that's the way it's going to go. So at 7,000, I think him and Funches uh, for different reasons are both really appealing. I think Evans could push for like 15 targets this week. I'm completely serious. I think it, it kind of sets up that way for him. And then uh, with Funches, you know, you got to keep the shoulder thing in mind, but I think people are going to be a little bit jilted after last week with the, with the one uh, catch um, and Greg Olson kind of exploding. So maybe they're a little bit worried about Funches, but I think this is a spot where Funches is going to be low owned. And I think that he has a really good matchup too. So I like both of these receivers a lot. All right. In cash games, it doesn't get much safer than Jarvis Landry, 6,800. I mean, the guy's just a target monster. Every week he's going to find you somewhere around like 13. Points. Yeah. What's that? He's like a Volvo station. Yeah, wagon. man. He's completely not sexy, but you know what? It's, he's going to get you from A to B and he's going to get you over pay lines. And that's what you want. I mean, you want good returns on investments and he is that he is exactly that right now. So sign me up for Jarvis Landry Shepard. I know is coming off a big week, but I think you shut him down this week with the matchup uh, continuing down this road. You know, let's talk about these Jacksonville wide receivers. A lot of which came out of nowhere. You got Mickens, you got Cole, you got Westbrook. Uh, Marquise Lee is going to be out with the ankle injury. I know Hearns is going to be back. How do you break this down? Because I know you can make a case for the home runner, Hearns. I know you can make a case for Didi. Cole seems to have a really good rapport. I would say away from Mickens because he's he's very touchdown dependent, it seemed like, for last week's points value. But, I mean, what would you do? Do you like the discount you get on Cole? Or do you want to pay up a little bit more for the volume of a guy like Westbrook? Yeah, I, I think that, that Cole is probably the, the interesting one of this group. I, I, I do kind of agree with you with between like a, a Mickens and a Westbrook. I, I'd probably still lean with Westbrook. I know he was disappointing last week relative to kind of what we were expecting. Um, but I think last week we, you, you just can't really take all of that and apply it to, to this week necessarily. So I, I think Westbrook has the long speed necessary uh, to make it work. He has it more so than, than a Mickens. Mickens is more of a, a smaller uh, short area type of receiver. And then Cole is, Cole is proven to be a big play guy in his own right too. So if I were to like power rank these guys, um, I would go Cole, then, then Westbrook. And hopefully Hearns doesn't mess up the, uh, the sort of flow of this too much, but I, I can't imagine uh, Hearns seeing a ton of snaps this week, you know, given how long his absence has been and, you know, kind of the, the idea that his ankle really isn't going to be hundred percent the rest of the way. All right, the last time we highlighted the player I'm going to talk about next, he went off for 7-180 and 180 and a touchdown, and that's Kenny Stills. Now, with Devontae Parker's injury, uh, you know, this matchup against Kansas City, I think there's a $5,600 dart throw if you need some salary relief for the big running backs and you want to pay up. Uh, there's another guy that I think you could take a shot with, and it's a responsible one. Uh, anybody else here on these lower-rung wide receivers pop to you as guys that – uh, are in play or maybe worth the tournament look in terms of salary relief and return on investment? Because, you know, outside of unless you're going to wrap around and, and get involved with the Eagles and stuff like that, I really don't – I don't see a whole lot of that on the main slate this particular week. No, it, it gets pretty gross pretty quickly yeah. uh, the further you go down the board. I mean, like a Demir Bird, I think some people might be tempted after last week, but I, I would probably recommend – uh, staying away from that. I mean, he, he converted it. He converted three catches into two touchdowns. That's certainly not something that's sustainable, even against a terrible Buccaneers secondary. Um, a guy like uh, Kenny Galladay, you know, I, I do think that the that the Lions passing game should be okay this week, but I don't think you really need to go quite down that far. 
Um, I think you do bring up a good point with, with Kenny Stills. I know, I know you're the official Patriots running back whisperer, but I, I am. you are also the deputy Kenny Stills whisperer. <laughs> Me and Kenny are close. You know, we got a relationship. We, we were in the same fraternity in college together. You know, we, we were on the same, uh, you know, uh, what is it? What is that? Like that stomp kind of thing? What do you know? Like, uh, what do they call that? You know, yeah, like, step team. Step team, step team. Yeah, we were on the same step team. You know, it's been so long. It's been so long since he and I have been out of school, I forgot. All right, let's go to tight end. Rob Gronkowski, 8,400. Let's chat about this. He's going against the Bills, who we absolutely carved up a couple weeks ago. But the Bills have a score to settle with him, and I'm a little concerned with this game. Um, not that they can stop him, but I'm concerned if they kind of go after him a little bit. Now, I'm sure Belichick's going to pull Gronk aside and listen, you, you big dumb animal. Don't get involved <laughs> with these guys. Don't let them bait you. You know, we need you for the playoffs. Don't get your ass suspended and get into a fight. We'll see if he can stop that. But I'm concerned about that. I still think he's worth the price. Are you concerned at all? Because I definitely have some reservations this week about him. Yeah, I'm concerned. I know that, you know, you as a Patriots fan, you're more worried about his, you know, playoff uh, viability here. So um, I just feel like more along the lines of if I'm paying up, really heavy at running back. I'm just not going to have room for Gronk this week. I think that, you know, we were on it the last couple weeks uh, with how he's done. We, we called the, uh, the Steelers output uh, this past week, but it, like you said, uh, the bills are going to do everything they can to kind of shut Gronk down this week. Uh, and 84 at 8,400. I think that's just a bit uh, rich for, for me and what I'm going to construct my lineup as otherwise. Now, some of these other guys here in tight end, uh, you know, Graham coming off a, a goose, you know, <laughs> two, Travis uh, two gooses. Yeah, you're right. Well, I mean, and he's dealing with that knee injury. Kelsey's dealing with an illness. Are you buying the Greg Olson return here? Like, did this happen? Like, we're, we're good with Greg Olson now? Are we buying back in? It was certainly a good game. Um, I, I think you can you can buy back in a li- or I'm I'm trusting it a little bit more um, because he he had played a really healthy amount of snaps uh, the week before he had just only gotten one target so I thought that was the aberration more than anything so uh, you know by the fact the fact that he's played you know almost every snap the last two games it, it sets up well I, I think you know dial your expectations back a little bit I don't think we're going to see 12 targets for 116 yards again but I think he could push for nine. 10 targets and I think turn that into seven, eight catches and push for 80 yards and a score. I think that's definitely realistic. So it's at 6,600, make of that what you will, but I think that's a pretty solid return there for that price. Yeah. I've also been liking the $6,400 Delaney Walker. He's been kind of my safe fade at tight end the last few weeks. It's been working out. Look, last week we told everybody it was going to be a Gronk smash week. Okay. It was a Gronk smash week. If you're not going to Gronk smash, I say play it safe with a guy like Walker. I think Olsen is getting into that safe territory. I don't think he's going to have a repeat of last week's game, but I would say safe. Then all of a sudden you got some injuries. You got the Hunter Henry injury, so now Gates is out there, but I don't know if you want to take that dart throw with the O.J. Howard injury. You know, you could make the argument for Cameron Brait, who's super cheap. The only problem is, even though he's 5,100, he's dealing with a hip issue. He was limited at practice today on Friday as we're recording this, so – if he is a, if he's a game time decision or he's cleared to go, I think Braid at fifty one is a decent you know a decent spot there where I would go down to Braid and feel pretty good about him. But outside of that, I don't see too much. Do you? Um, I think you know you bring up the good points, especially especially with Braid. Uh, but uh, what would you make of like a Ricky Seals Jones because he is going to have a quarterback that that probably might might skew towards you know checking it down or, or playing it safe to to a tight end, and obviously the Giants 
pretty friendly to tight ends usually. So maybe Seals Jones at 5,200 has a little bit of appeal as well. He does. He does. Um, you know, the trick is, you know, what's the rapport with Stanton that we haven't seen yet. Yeah. So I think that's the only reservation I have there. But if you're doing multiple entries, I got no problem with Ricky Seals Jones. Everybody knows I'm a fan of Ricky Seals Jones. All right, let's go over to uh, the defenses here. Uh, you got Jacksonville top of the board at 56, which is just, that's a lot. I love Jacks. I love you, Jacksonville, but that's, you're becoming high maintenance at that price. Yeah, and uh, San Francisco's, like, if this was week one, San Francisco's right. offense, but it's not. This is actually a competent offense now. It is. I mean, you know, I still think they're going to manhandle San Francisco, but I just don't know if they're, like you said, maybe not quite the turnover machine that they might have been earlier in the year. Or, you know, or incapable of putting up points. I think they're showing they could do that. This is their first home game for the conquering hero, the good-looking Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, Los Angeles charges against the Jets at 49. I expect to bounce back. I love this $4,800 matchup with the Bears against Cleveland. I like this Bears defense. I think Kaiser is a turnover machine. Uh, I think I could really see the Bears coming out a good return. Same thing with the Panthers. Like, both of those defenses. If you're going to cheap out a little bit somewhere, where do you cheap out on defense this week? I'm curious because I'm having a hard time looking for a cost-effective return on investment D. Um, I think Washington sneakily could be one, uh, depending on what, what ends up happening with, with the Broncos. Uh, I know that uh, Osweiler looks pretty good uh, filling in uh, last time out, and he's had a little bit of time in practice. But maybe Washington at, at 47 uh, makes a little bit of sense. And uh, the Lions, too. I, I don't know what it is with me and the Lions today, but I, I just think the Bengals are that level of checked out right now. So Oh, I agree. Oh, they, they I, really I think adopted Lions... Marvin Lewis's sort of just totally asleep at the wheel type of uh, approach. Well, yeah. I mean, the ringing endorsement of him coaching again, they asked him, he said, do you want to coach the Bengals again? He went, uh, sure. <laughs> you know, <laughs> sure. I, I it's, very like, good. it's like, hey, hey John, you want, a, you want an iced tea? Yeah, sure. You want to be head coach of the uh, uh, National Football League Cincinnati Bengals? Yeah, sure. Whatever. It's about the same, yeah. Hey, look, and they've got back-to-back double-digit points at the Lions D this week. So that's a, I think that's a great one. I think the Lions at 4,600 is a perfectly good way to go here. And, of course, with the mix and injury, he's getting back into play. But one hit, he could be out. I mean, you know, for me, sign me up. I'm all in that 100% with you. All right, over 2.5 million players have won cash prizes playing on FanDuel to take advantage of our special offer for new users. Sign up today at FanDuel.com slash RotoWire and you'll get a free six-month RotoWire subscription plus a free entry into the NFL Sunday Million, which offers more than $1 million in cash prizes. With your first deposit on FanDuel, just visit FanDuel.com slash RotoWire, void where prohibited. All right, this is getting exciting now. You won last week. The question was, who will have more fantasy points, Devontae Adams, Jordy Nelson, or Jamal Williams? You took Adams. He got concussed and still outperformed the two of them combined. So you win. It, the score is now 9-8-1, one, one tie. So if you win this week, you will tie it up. All right, here we go. Here's the question of the week. What team will score more points? The 49 not, not, not defensive points on FanDuel. I mean more points. The 49ers against Jacksonville or the New York Jets against the Chargers? That is, that is brutal. But you know what? I, give me the – Jimmy G, give me the 49ers. Jimmy G, Johnny Boy takes Jimmy G against Jacksonville, which means I have something to root for when I'm watching the Jets because I'll be stuck in the New York area with <laughs> them on TV, and that is a complete S show, as anybody knows who lives in this area. And if you're a Jet fan, you know it is, so don't pretend like it's not. 
Uh, but I'll be rooting for them now. I'll be rooting for them in some small way. We'll see what happens there. Uh, this is the holiday edition, obviously, of the podcast as well. So we want to wish everybody out there a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. We hope everyone had a lovely Hanukkah. And uh, Johnny Boy, what you doing for Christmas now that you're home? You got the big family coming over or what? Uh, we, uh, we, we all get together up in uh, Gettysburg. I have my aunt and uncle. They have a house ah, up there. Ah, you go to war with your family. Yes, yes, nice. precisely. It's, just, yeah, it's, a, it's an absolute bloodbath on Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> How about yourself? Uh, we are home. I'll be uh, making the lasagna on Sunday. Uh, I've already been baking Christmas cookies. I'm a machine, John McKechnie. We're going to have uh, the big uh, Italian blowout on uh, Christmas Day. We're a Christmas you Day a cool, kind of thing. like Feast of the Seven Fishes too? You know what? We don't. Um, I, you know, we're, uh, we tend not to do that. My aunt's family does. And sometimes I've been over there for it. And I do, I do like some of the. I don't like all seven of the fishes. I don't know, I don't know how that number got determined. To like. It's a lot of fishes. It's a lot of courses. It's a lot of time. It's a lot of effort. You know, give me a, give me a lasagna or a, you know, an eggplant parmesan. I'm a happy man. That's what I'll be making. So, you know, that's a little bit better. And day after Christmas, I got a whisper because the girls are in the other room as we're recording this, taking my kids to see WWE at the Madison Square Garden. So let's go. Christmas is really, I don't know if that's a present for me or for them or for both of us. So we don't know, but it's going to be a good time. That's for sure. We hope everybody who's been with us and listening to the podcast all year long enjoys themselves. And hey, maybe you win some money, buy some extra uh, Christmas presents or New Year gifts to ourselves. So you can follow him on Twitter at Johnny McKex. You can follow me at Joe Pizapia 17 For everybody here at Rotowire, happy holidays and have a great weekend of Daily Fantasy. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.